Thank you. And I'm not going to do a long one because I can't really top what um, Rich has just done as a response to what Kevin has done as a uh, wonderful tour through the history of Fulton and William Armstrong. Um, and also because Rich has touched upon some of the things that I wanted to do, which was to think about what of the legacies of Fulton remain with us today. Um, the first thing that I can say, which you haven't touched upon, is that the legacy of Fulton is alive and strong in the, the civil service today because it's his grandson. He used to work for the Institute for Government and he's now, I think he's just moved to the Treasury. So Fulton is still going strong there. Um, he doesn't go by that name. He likes to go a bit under the radar about his uh, his his grandfather. Uh, shall I? Yeah, Joe Randall. I think it's. Um, uh, I don't think it will come across. He'll come across this. It'll be fine. Um, anyway, um, so I want to talk a bit about some of the legacies that are still with us today. Uh, Richard's talked about a few of them, uh, so I'm not going to go into great detail about the fact that yes, the civil service department has been abolished now. Um, National uh, School of Government, we lost about seven, eight years ago. Uh, uh, the question of professionalism, of, of bringing in specialists and so forth, I think anyone in the civil service today uh, who has not heard of the concept of functional leadership, uh, which is all the rage for talking about specialism and bringing in people who are HR specialists or project managers or trade is the new uh, function that has a cross Whitehall leadership uh, going on with it. Um, I mean, another legacy of yours, Richard, that you didn't really touch upon, that this idea of the cult of the generalist, the, the amateur and so forth, uh, what they kicked off in 1998, I yes. think, was the policy profession. Yes. The idea being that by saying that we do need those skills, we do need those skills that look to ministers, that do policy making and all the rest of it, and that we should recognise that that isn't generalism, that that is in itself a skill that needs to be recognised. Um, if you look at the sort of core of Whitehall, that's still one of the largest things uh, that Whitehall does, not the civil service as a whole. Uh, but there's been a great deal of work since then, particularly um, in 2013-14 with the wonderfully titled 12 Actions to Professionalise Policymaking, which is a catchy title. I'm not sure any of today's civil service reports really kind of grab the civil servants coming into government today and say, I'm so excited by 12 Actions, I can't wait to get started. But I could be wrong. Um, but I think more important is other legacies. And, and Richard, you touched upon this. Uh, what's really interesting about Fulton for me is not just uh, the process of it, what's in the report, which is all fascinating, uh, but it's actually the process by which it was, um, by which it came about. Through the early 1960s, you go through a period of uh, what we often call about like the decline of Britain thesis uh, arguments and so forth, and this increasing move towards uh, identifying that the civil service was a big part of what was wrong with why Britain wasn't performing as well as it ought to, uh, why France, Germany and others might be catching ahead of us. Uh, it's really the first time when you see, you see it at other points in civil service history, but it's, I think it's one of the really important moments when that connection is made. And there's an awful lot of work that goes into that. There's uh, books that are written, uh, there is the work that the Fabian Society did, there was a lot more newspaper reports. It really started to sort of rise up public awareness and I think that's what really contributed to, to why the Royal Commission was instigated. 
And that's still something that we live with today. Uh, and it's something that we still struggle to have a proper understanding of, of where is the line between civil service effectiveness at doing their job and government effectiveness, and whose responsibility is it? All those issues. All those issues are still with us today. And the other thing that I think, again, has been a negative long-running effect, um, and I don't say this as a sort of defence of, of, of civil service, but the caricature that I think actually Kevin talked about of the idea of the obstructionist civil servant. Uh, this view of William Armstrong having prevented Fulton, that Fulton would have somehow solved everything if only it had been implemented properly and William Armstrong stopped it happening. That's been a pervasive uh, theme that you can see in all the decades since, and you still see it a lot today. Um, the idea that the civil service, you can't reform it because it's too, too big, too amorphous, and there's too many vested interests. Uh, some of those criticisms are you know, worth bringing up and exploring because any organisation is always going to have its own interests as to how it reforms itself. But it's a challenge that time and again the civil service have tried to confront by saying we can actually meet this grade, we can actually reform ourselves. Um, and the, the narrative of how they've tried to do that and, and again going back to the previous point about whether or not you can get any truly objective evidence about all of this or whether it becomes people's perspectives on it there are other lessons that i could go into about uh how you do civil service reform which i think kate took many lessons of fulton as how you do not do civil service reform and we've touched upon some of those one is the itch issue that that i think you both raised loss of momentum and the loss of the interest of senior leaders uh, always something that we talk about with with cabinet office and others about when they're putting in reform you know do will you have that sustained interest no implementation plan this was kate's big lesson with that and the fact that don't write such a long report was you need to have an action plan how are you actually going to do this again huge lesson for anyone doing any kind of recommendations uh, there's question marks do can you do wholesale full-scale reform uh, something that uh, many sort of who look who are interested in the whole industry of civil service reform look at can you do the whole thing or do you have to pick off little bits of it uh, stakeholder management obviously a modern phrase but one that was very alive there was a lot of work that they did up front to try and get people on board about all of the issues and I think that final point about personal power, market masking institutional weakness, is one of the key ones. Uh, and you see that a lot in organisations that are developed in the civil service to achieve certain aims. How much are they really a new institutional change, or how much are they the mechanism that works for the people that are there at that time? I will leave that there, except to say that in the age of civil service reform plans, and it being 1968, uh, PACAC, the wonderfully aimed Public Administration and Constitutional Affairs Committee, have actually put out a report yesterday on the minister and the official, the fulcrum of Whitehall effectiveness. You see, we're still doing catchy titles for civil service reform. This is going to get so many new people joining the civil service. They cover how to get ministers to understand what it's like to work with the civil service better. They cover the wonderful single departmental plans. So exciting stuff. Uh, they reference Fulton and say that churn 
uh, and the turnover of civil servants uh, at the moment, which is a big problem, uh, means that, as they say, the 1968 Fulton Committee lamented what it called the cult of the generalists, but the problem, because of churn, has now become more serious, which is... Quite a big statement. Uh, they talk about cross-government functions, they talk about departmental boards, uh, and they talk about how, whether we need to recreate a national school of government as an overarching body to do all of this. I think the language has changed. I think uh, the themes and issues have not. 